0: How's it going, folks? How's it going? I'm Brother Matthew, and welcome to Christian Coffee Time, where we sit down together to study the Word of God. And today, we're going to be taking a look at a study of church history. Now, there's an awful lot of different opinions and views and speculation and contentions and things about this. So, we're just going to take a look at just what does the Bible say about these things, and how can we from using the Bible alone, be able to discern uh, true history from the false, from real news, from fake news, and all that kind of thing. So now, again, uh, this is not meant as a bashing. This is not meant for fighting. This is not meant for bickering. This is not meant for any of that kind of thing. Don't want contention. But I know some people will massively disagree with some of these. So, okay, if you disagree, you disagree. All right, we can still get along. And that, But the point is, is that we need to know what fits with the narrative of Scripture to sound doctrine sola scriptura alone. Just, what does the Bible say? Now, about the doctrines of Scripture, how god works and how he doesn't work what god says and what he doesn't say what god does and what he wouldn't do that we can know this by just reading the bible we can get an idea of god's character we can get an idea of how god works we we can know what god will not do so with that we got to know what the truth is and the truth must proceed and that error uh false information all these kinds of things must be exposed in right manner in a right heart attitude and all this kind of stuff and in meekness instructing and meekness instructing those that oppose themselves so that the word of god can proceed the truth must be known so with this we're going to take a look at real church history now if you just type in that phrase church history into Google you're gonna get nothing but Roman Catholic propaganda that's all you're gonna get you type in where did the Bible come from and you're gonna get a universe of speculation but predominantly you're gonna get Roman Catholic propaganda You you might say, okay, how were our doctrines codified and all this kind of stuff? You search that out, and the vast majority of searches will tell you the Roman Catholic Church. Okay, so obviously we got a problem. Obviously we got a problem that the Roman Catholic Church never was, is not, and never will be the actual Church of God, and that God of course, is never going to use a cult to codify his doctrines. So how can we know what the truth is? Well, grab your Bible. Put your arm on the table and sweep everything onto the floor that is not Bible alone. Catechisms, creeds, commentaries, councils, all of that. Throw it out the window. Don't eat it. Irrelevant. Let's just use the Bible. And we can use sound doctrine to research investigate anything and everything to be able to know what is truth so let's take a look at the bible so if we just use the bible just from the bible alone when was the church formed with jesus christ through his apostles okay so that's very simple that's very easy one catholics had nothing to do with that now what about scripture when was scripture canonized well that one can can be a bit more contentious with some people but if you actually take a look what scripture says in second peter chapter 1 verses 20 to 21 how the scriptures came by god he spoke to his holy servants and told them what to write that all scripture is given by god that's second timothy 3 16 all scriptures given and given means theo which means god breathed so god spoke it god breathed it god gave it all right now but how, how did we come up come about with our 66 books uh, who who figured out that you know these are the books to use well obviously the catholic church had nothing to do with that and every cult canonizes their own bible uh, they rewrite the scriptures and change it and twist it and modify it to fit their own doctrines where if you take any catholic text any catholic bible you see that it, it is nothing like ours they completely changed it they even changed the ten commandments to fit their own narrative and then they added the apocryphal books and everything else in it so they canonize their own That they took the majority text manuscripts, they took the scrolls and rewrote them and modified them out to fit their own narrative. They canonized their own Bible. But how did we come up with this? Well, if we take what the Bible says and how God preserves his word unto all generations, Psalms 12, 6, and 7, and then the, the vast majority of scriptures that speak about the preservation of the word of God. How God preserve His word, He'll keep His words. His word is established. His word is preserved to all generations. Though the grass withers, the flowers fade, my word will stand forever. My word is above my very name. Okay, so with that, then we take only Bible. We then have to come to the understanding, conclusion, and acceptance that it always was, is, and forever shall be preserved. That when God spoke His word to His prophets. And told them his word and taught them and showed them what to write and they wrote down the things in the scrolls and the, in the original books that from the first prophet from the very first writing. That God told them what to write that his writings were preserved by God. Handed down through the ages copied and God to preserve it so that it wouldn't get corrupted or destroyed or lost or changed so that it'd be exact exact copies. Down through the ages and then from this prophet to this prophet to this prophet that which god wanted to be preserved was preserved and would be added to the canon of scripture and just the compilation of the word of god and that over a span of 1400 years by over 40 different authors the word of god was assembled preserved by god down to the ages handed down in its fullness until you get to john the apostle john when he wrote the book of revelation and then the book of revelation was added as the last book canon was closed by god and god says in the at the end of revelation not to add or subtract or change or twist or anything from the books that's what it says and curses are upon those that would so god put it together and that the saints always had the preservation of scripture. There was no council. <laughs> there was no council that determined, I want this book, and I want this book, I want this book. How many more do we have to go? Like, so they pick and choose out of all the scrolls, try to figure out. What is that? That's not the preservation of scripture, is that you always know what is of God and what isn't that god kept it god held it god protected it god canonized it god preserved it god handed it down all down through the ages and that they from the early church they had the full word of god as it was up to that point and then with the apostle john writing revelation they had the full word of god right there because if they didn't god's a liar he did not protect it and preserve it and that god is the author of confusion because people had no idea okay what was and what isn't the word of god either god is the author of confusion or he is not either he did preserve his word or he did not so the idea that roman catholic councils had to come together to figure out and officially canonize and discern and add and build up and figure out and kick out certain books to try to finally have the full word of God. That's just ridiculous. That's what cults do to be able to figure out their own doctrines of their own Bible of their own cult. They figure out their own thing. So we have the first church origins with the apostles. And we take a look at Acts chapter 2 verse 42, Acts chapter 2 verse 42 and they continued steadfastly in the Apostles Doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. The Apostles Doctrine, the Apostles Doctrine. Okay, so what is the Apostles Doctrine? Well, if we go over to 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 3. If any man teach otherwise, go up to verse 1 in 1 Timothy 6, that the name of God and his doctrine, God's doctrine, the apostle's doctrine, God's doctrine. What's the apostle's doctrine? God's doctrine. The apostle's doctrine was the teaching of the Lord God Jesus Christ. What Jesus said to them is what they wrote down and they handed down. And God preserved that and handed it down all down through the ages. So there always was the born-again Christian church. There always was the canonization of scripture, the preservation of scripture. They, they always had the word of God. There always was the church of our Lord. But there always also always was opposition even even written in the word of god you see the opposition of many other heretical sects trying to twist and modify you see you see it mentioned all throughout there then you see the judaizers trying to oppose apostle paul and all these kinds of things there always was false doctrines heresies and all kinds of uh, opposition being promoted all down through the ages all right so we take a look at acts chapter 11 verse 26 Acts chapter 11, verse 26. Some of you might know this one. This one's very famous. If you're a born-again Christian, you should know this one. Acts chapter 11, verse 26. And when he found them, he brought brought him unto Antioch. And it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people. And the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch okay so even the very title term christians was codified canonized in antioch in the early church catholics had nothing to even do with our name all right so we see the church has always been always was and forever shall be preserved by god his word always was is and forever shall be preserved by god our doctrines always were and are and shall be preserved by god through his word alone now here's the next point doctrine our teachings our traditions real true biblical church tradition all right our doctrines who came up with our doctrines have you read it have you read it (laughs) our doctrines come from the word of god who is jesus what is the godhead what is salvation what is baptism and all the other different things you just read it it's what it says i mean if you don't know how to explain your doctrines from using just bible alone you got a little bit of a problem if you have to constantly go and repeat catechisms and councils and creeds and commentaries to be able to tell people what you believe in then you don't know bible <laughs> Some people like to quote the Nicene Creed uh, uh, by the Roman Catholic Council of Nicaea. Now if you don't believe that the Roman that, that the Council of Nicaea was Roman Catholic, you got a bit of a problem. You need to go back and research your uh, actual religious religion history. Because let's go back. All right. Now we see the true Born Again believers as founded by our lord god jesus christ through the apostles you see the early church starting you know, pentecost is the bit was the big uh, you know first release of this uh, the demonstration of this a uh, publicizing of this and you see down through there the teachings and the codifying by the apostles you see the apostolic council in acts chapter 15 uh, codifying uh, uh, our doctrines according to the new testament faith then we skip ahead a few decades skip ahead a few centuries you see opposition arising the judaizers and all other sects and then in the 300s a new roman emperor rose up this emperor his name was constantine now constantine was not a christian he was a pagan roman any any research any research of the documentation of constantine will show you he was a pagan roman not a christian but he had a bit of a problem there are great schisms throughout the roman empire and he wanted to unify his empire not through military force but through religion so he found a way to force all people to come together through religion And what he did is he was also was the first Roman Emperor to Actually give freedom and license to the actual Christian religion and to stop killing Christians and throwing them to the lions and burning them alive and all that And that he finally gave the Christians Liberty in the Roman Empire, but what he did is he unified all the world world religions of the roman empire all together into one big pot he put christianity on top stirred it all up and pulled out this abomination called called the catholic roman religion the catholic means universal roman is a roman empire church so the roman catholic church and he set up his first bishops and elders all these things now all because it was the it was the only church there was that was known at the time doesn't mean that it's the church of god The true born-again Christians always existed outside of Roman Catholicism and Catholicism gave us nothing but the Inquisition. So, Catholicism then, at the start of this by Constantine, he set up this idea. He set up this new Catholic Universal Church of the Roman Empire. He set up bishops and elders and, and priests and teachers and scholars, all this, and to figure out what they were believing, what to believe that they started their own councils. Now, in the 300s we also see the roman catholic council of nicaea it was it was it was uh, co- co- convened by constantine constantine convened the roman catholic council of nicaea the council of nicaea constantine convened the council of nicaea he brought together all these to figure out what they believed and they had to figure out for their religion, their doctrines, as the council was also there to refute the crazy heresy of Arianism, where they say Jesus was not divine, but was some created, just lesser being, and was not actually deity. Arianism is craziness. So the Roman Catholic Church refuted Arianism, and in this codified their own doctrines of their own religion, and they figured out what they're going to believe. And this is where they also started working on their doctrines of according to what books that they want to accept, and they also see the beginning of their extra biblical writings of apocryphal texts and decrees and creeds and everything else, and the ca- and the. Nicene Creed even reflects this, where the Nicene Creed even says that we believe in one baptism for the remission of sins. So you see, even see in the Nicene Creed, Catholic doctrine. So people say, I believe in the Nicene Creed. Oh, you believe in a separation of the Godhead. You believe in one holy Catholic church. You believe in one baptism for the remission of sins. Okay, you got a bit of a problem you can't say you accept nicene terminology if you don't accept it all so you're just cherry picking what you want and then saying you believe in it but what you don't okay so we see the nicene council also advocated and taught and pushed baptismal regeneration which is false gospel so the nicene council codified and and created as dogma The Roman Catholic doctrines baptismal regeneration righteous works the and all these other things and the separation of the Godhead and all the stuff Which the Bible does not teach. Please see the other video in the description box below where I show you from the Bible only uh, Sola scriptura. uh, What is the Godhead according to the Word of God alone without using Nicene terminology and language? All right so you see church tradition is by the word of god alone uh, our church doctrine is by the word of god alone there always was the church and all because catholics were such a big thing back then doesn't mean they had any credence that the true born-again believers always existed outside the roman catholic church we always had our bible outside the roman catholic church that the catholics actually would gather up the bibles that they did not write themselves and would burn them They would gather up the scrolls and the books of our bible as handed down through the true born again saints and they would burn our bibles to try to force us to use the catholic texts of the catholic manuscripts and all this kind of stuff because that as a way to try to get us to try to sway over and start accepting and believing catholic dogma so catholicism has pushed out so much propaganda that they are the true church they used to be the true church they canonized our bible their councils gave us their doctrines that that they used to be the true church but you know they fell away and and that 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 the church of christ turned into the catholic church no no never ever ever so we see scriptural preservation by god outside of catholicism our doctrines preserved by god taught by god through scripture alone by the apostles doctrine the doctrine of god And if any man teach otherwise and consent not to wholesome words even the words of our lord jesus christ the bible says we should withdraw from them just no i'm sorry you're wrong you're wrong now let's take a look here later on we see in history the catholics dominating everything and and pretty much killing anybody that would not agree with them if you had a bible in your possession and you weren't a priest you'd be burned at the stake or killed in some other way if you quoted scripture not in their holy latin you'd be killed or burned at the stake or some other horrifying thing and all down through until we see the reformation now many of these individuals came to fight against catholicism to try to oppose them and to stop the domination of the catholic church to break their Their power hold on everything so to bring out more freedom and liberty in this and to try to teach the true word of God. Now, there always were the true born-again believers outside the Catholic Church, but some came out of the Catholic Church, known as protestants. Those who protested against the Catholic Church, like Martin Luther. He came out of the Catholic Church. He used to be a Catholic monk. And he saw what the what the Bible actually says about its salvations by grace through faith and that started him on the road of this and he started opposing Catholicism and their indulgences and everything else. And we see the beginning of the Reformation. Now the reformers of the Protestants, the true born-again believers uh, of born-again Christians who have always existed outside of the Catholic Church uh, were always there. So you see the born-again Christians and then you see the Catholics come along and then the Protestants come off of this, but there was still the born-again believers. Now, Protestantism, this is people opposing the Roman Catholic Church who came out of the Catholic Church, like Lutheranism, for example. Then you see another variant of those who would break off, you see Orthodox, the Orthodox uh, individual, the Orthodox Christianity. You see Anglicanism and all these different ones where it's basically Catholic light there's an awful lot of things in orthodox christianity and anglicanism that is very much nearing catholicism and uh, now they will not call themselves catholics they will say they hate catholic church but for some reason they accept a lot of catholic tradition a lot of catholic history they uh, accept and say that Catholics canonized their Bible and gave them their doctrines and whatnot, and they followed the Catholic councils, and they'll even fight tooth and nail to try to somehow, some way say that the, that the Nicene Council, for example, was not Catholic when it, when it absolutely was. If you say it wasn't, you need to research your history again. And then, so there's, there we see the beginning of a great splitting and schism of denominationalism. lot of denominationalism but true church history can be found by taking a look at what the bible says now from scripture alone when we take a look at what the doctrines of scripture flat out say we compare this with the cults would god use a cult especially that he calls the whore of babylon in the book of revelation as that which he uses to codify his doctrines is god going to use the whore of babylon the opposer of the saints the butcher of the christians to canonize our bible i really don't believe god would do that now let's say let's say this the the seventh day adventists all gather together and they have their own big council to try to figure out what they believe if you take a look at that there will be some things here and there scattered throughout their doctrinal statement that we would maybe agree with but would we use seventh day adventist language and terminology would we use their material would we say they codified our doctrines no what if Mormons did it? No. What if Jehovah's Witnesses did it? No. What if Catholics did it? Oh uh, well. Really? Who came first, born again Christians and the Word of God, or Roman Catholicism? Now, Catholicism never was the Church of God. Never it is. Never it is not. And never will be that which is of god they oppose god they changed all their doctrines. they changed the scriptures They change all these things and let alone those who are trying to use roman catholicism as a background of church history you'll note one really interesting thing very interesting they can hardly use scripture to back up their logic and reason that when you only use the word of god they'll get mad that you're not using the catholic terminology and language because they don't know how to use the bible alone they only use the catechisms and the creeds and the councils and the commentaries they'll use the church fathers well so so well augustine and polycarp and all these others were roman catholics not born again christians yes shocker shocker augustine was a roman catholic did you know that polycarp and many of those others were roman catholics that those that they call church fathers were roman catholics not born again christians so those who struggle to only use the bible alone will fill in the gaps with catechism fill in the gaps with councils and creeds this is why it's so important to know what does the Bible say about doctrine and separate yourself from all of those who teach otherwise, who teach otherwise. Let's look at, look at uh, 1 Timothy chapter 6 verses 3 to 5. If any man teach otherwise and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the doctrine which is according to godliness, he is proud, knowing nothing, but doting about questions and strifes of words, whereof cometh envy, strife, railings, evil surmisings, perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds, and destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness. From such withdraw yourself. So. Doting about questions and strifes of words and all these other things. Now, a lot of people, they just accept catechism as truth without actually studying out these things. And I'm not meaning to put down anybody, I'm not meaning to be contentious or anything. I'm just saying, look. There are those who study the Bible, there are those who study councils. There are those who study the Bible alone, there are those who study catechism. If you start off your study on the wrong foot, you're going to come out with a wrong perception. If you you start by taking catechism and you study the Bible to prove catechism, your, your discernment, your insight is going to be skewed to be that Where you're going to be cherry picking and twisting and viewing only scripture in light of such a way that it will justify and validate the catechismic doctrine throw the catechismic terminologies and all this stuff out the window just look at what the bible says alone wash rinse go back to the blueprint go back to the drawing board look at what does the word of god say all alone use only bible verses to, to back up and tell you what to believe if you can't use just Bible verses alone to be able to explain and discern and teach and instruct on every single detail then you've got a problem because the enemy is going to come along in some way to try to skew your view in such a way that you wind up being a friend of the Catholic Church That's what always happens. When you don't stick to Bible alone, you will eventually, always, wind up back to Rome. And you'll wind up justifying, validating in some way, shape, or form, giving some credence to Catholicism. You'll shake your hands with Rome if you don't study Bible alone, because you'll start becoming more liberal in your views, you start becoming more ecumenical in your views, and you'll start watering down, and in some way, you're going to start accepting Catholicism on some point, some level, some form. You're going to justify, validate, you're going to give credence to Roman Catholicism. So it happens every time, without fail. Every time. Because the Roman Catholic Church accepts the Council of Nicaea without question. And they say you're a heretic if you don't accept it go read the thing go read the 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 creed of the nicene council and tell me if that if that is biblical a splitting of the godhead which is not in the bible actually it's not please see the video in the description box below i show you from the bible alone how the roman catholic godhead is not the godhead of the bible I don't care what anyone says i'm sorry if you don't agree with me you can call me whatever you want which people have been they've been attacking me and labeling me and saying all kinds of things and sicking people on me uh, uh, because they get upset that i will not accept roman catholic councils as truth call me what you want label me what you want but you're gonna have to show me from bible alone how i'm wrong you can do that Great, bring your Bible. Let's talk about it. But Roman Catholics changed the Word of God, changed the doctrines, changed the history, rewrote history. They slaughtered the born again Christians, burned the Bibles, and rewrote history where they come out as the victors. They say they are the true church, that they hold the church history, they gave us our doctrines, and that Peter was the first Pope and everything else. How can you how can you cherry pick Roman Catholic history say I want to accept this bit of Catholicism this is a bit of Catholicism this is a bit of Catholicism but I hate the Roman Catholic church? You obviously don't if you're accepting that the Catholic church canonized your bible and gave you your doctrines. What is true biblical church history? True biblical church history. You don't have to go any further than this. What does this say? There always was the remnant of God. There always was the opposers. There always was the twisters. There always was the twistians, not the Christians, twistians, where they twist the word of God to fit their own narrative, to try to justify their own ideologies, their own beliefs, their own opinions, their own doctrines, their own dogmas, their their own teachings. The twistians have always existed alongside the true remnant. Of the true born-again Christians the Word of God has always existed and there always have been the attempts to change and twist the Word of God and create false versions of Scripture the false doctrines false manuscripts like for example the Sinaiticus and the Vaticanus which are Catholic texts which is what they used to write their own scriptures to write their own Bible the Catholics canonized their own Bible not ours we already had ours They they plagiarized off of it and made their own. Like the Mormons did, the Jehovah's Witnesses did, the Seventh-day Adventists do, and all these others do. They they always have their doctrines, their creeds, their catechisms, their councils, and their twisted word of God. Now, in this as well, I just want to talk, for example, about language, religious language. Now, the language we use and the words we use, much of the words and the titles, the terminologies, these kinds of things, you also want to examine that. There, Nothing is outside the, the realm of examination. Examine all of your doctrines. Make sure they're right according to the word of God and examine all your terminology, all your language. The words you used. Now, the nicene council of the roman catholic church people say oh it wasn't yeah yes it was please go research that they gave us new terms new titles uh, new decrees new, new ways of saying things now let me just ask you a question what if the the church of mormon came out with a very interesting way to teach doctrines of, of the bible and they gave us new wording new language whatever would you adopt the language and terminology of the church of mormon if they had a more colorful interesting way of explaining something would you no oh what if the seventh day Adventists did would you accept it If they had a a colorful, fancy way of explaining something, if they had some uh, interesting way of of describing something from the Bible, would you use Seventh-day Adventist language and terminology? No. Why would you accept Roman Catholic language and terminology? So what I challenge you to do is to restructure your religious language examine the words and where, who came up with these words and terminologies and things and if it's not from the bible don't use it just use bible verses don't run to catechism to tell people uh, and, and explain to people what you believe just use bible verses just use scripture people there will be people who will get really upset and bent out of shape and everything else and get all weird and start calling you names and things because you will not use traditionally accepted terminology and language well traditionally it was accepted by the roman catholic church and i'm not using catholic language or terminology and you can't make me <laughs> so Rather, I want to restructure my language, restructure my understanding and discernment by just what does the Bible say? How does does Scripture explain it? What is the Godhead according to the Word of God alone? Sola Scriptura. Word of God alone. Now, Sola Scriptura is an interesting phrase that was codified by the Reformation. Uh, Sola Scriptura, about the different solas. Sola Scriptura, the word of God alone. By the word of God alone. Now, Sola Scriptura does not mean word of God alone and councils and creeds and commentaries and and catechism. No, it's word of God alone. Can you explain what you believe by word of God alone? Or do you have to use... And I see in terminology and language do you have to use catechism why do you believe what you believe because if you don't examine this I'm just saying you might be on some level shaking your hands with Rome because you are using their language their terminology their explanations of their dogma that in some level, you have inserted Catholic dogma in your doctrinal statement. And, and from my, my opinion, from my view, that is reprehensible. And I won't do it. I won't do it. People who want to insert those kinds of things into their doctrinal statements, that is betraying the word of God that is not being a berean that's being lazy that's that's being not studious of the word of god you're not being a proper student of scripture you should be able to just recite bible verses to tell people what it is you believe well, what about what about christ well this verse this verse this verse this verse this verse if you're not quoting bible verses in your exegesis of dogma and doctrine, you've got a problem. You need to go back to the Word of God and study it out, and memorize Scripture. Stop memorizing religiously accepted catechism. Well, the so-and-so has big degrees and diplomas, and they're 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 a professor of this and that, and they're a teacher of this and that. Uh, that's irrelevant. I don't care if they're the most most high Grand Pope Pumbaa. I don't care who they are. I want to hear Bible. I want to hear chapter, verse, words of Scripture. That's what I want to hear. If you can't give me that, then you're in error. So let's go back to the drawing board. Look at true biblical history. True born again Christians have always been here, been around since the beginning with Christ, and then uh, as we have always been here, the born again Christians there have always been. There's always been the opposition. Always been the opposition. Now, Molly uh, asked a question: Is there any help from the from the creeds and confessions? None that I would dare point you to, because in amongst it. You see here's the problem if i point you at the confessions and creeds and councils and say well see they say this here which seems good and this seems good the problem is is you're going to be giving credence and justification to those things and you're going to start researching the rest of it and you're going to start reading and learning and bringing into yourself error for example the nicene creed teaches baptismal regeneration baptismal regeneration These creeds and confessions are accepted by Catholicism and by Ecumenicism, which is extremely errant. Full of errors, full of errors. Now, as the devil has always done, is is to push error, he has to sprinkle it with a bit of sugar. He has to make darkness look like light. And Satan knows how to quote the word of God, as you see by Matthew chapter 4. So the devil knows how to word things just right enough to deceive those who aren't studying the full word of God properly. People are going to get deceived and fooled by error if they don't know right doctrine first. What does the Bible say first? To to study the Bible, you don't go to the confessions. To study the Bible, you don't go to councils to study the Bible you don't go to creeds and catechisms you study the Bible you take this thing you open it up what does it say this helps you the Holy Spirit helps you through the Word of God God doesn't teach you scripture through other people's opinionations of scripture the Holy Spirit teaches you through Bible not through other people's ideologies of what they think it means The Holy Spirit teaches you through the Word of God, not through the assembled councils of other cults. It teaches you through the Bible. The Holy Spirit teaches you through Scripture. You don't need all these other things to help you at all. You don't need them. They're irrelevant. Regardless of what other people say, they're irrelevant. You don't even ever have to read them. What does the Bible say? What does the Bible say the born-again Christians of the early church only had the Bible only had scriptures look how powerful they were Why do we have to water down our understanding with other people's opinion opinions and ideologies? Why can't we be like the early church and only use Bible? How come our bookshelves have to be so chocked full of catechisms and creeds and commentaries and councils and confessions and things uh, To try to tell us what this means you see that's that's what i'm saying if we have to go to man if we have to go to assembled councils to try to understand what the word of god means that we got a bit of a problem because jesus said that the spirit of god will teach you all things and will cause you to be in remembrance of everything which i have told you he will teach you and instruct you he'll guide you in all things why are we replacing the holy spirit of god with catechisms councils creeds and commentaries why why are we running to the catholic church to understand doctrine and not to the bible that's my question true church history is this (laughs) this this and this did not come from cults. This did not come from councils. This did not come from uh, other religions. This The catechism has nothing to do with this. This is our everything. This is the only book you need. And the Spirit of God lives through this, works through this, teaches through this. This is written in the heart of every believer. What do you believe? And you quote the Westminster Confession of Faith. You quote the Nicene Creed. You quote all these other okay yeah fine and dandy uh you didn't use any scripture show me from the bible alone why do you believe what you believe can you show me who jesus is using bible alone competently can you show me what the godhead is using only the bible alone can you show me what salvation is using only scripture if you can't then that's where you need to start to be a proper student of the word of god you need to quote scripture not councils creeds and catechisms and commentaries now there are some commentaries that are good But they are not replacements of Scripture. There are some great writers, other people that have done great works, but they are not the teachers of Scripture. They are not replacements of the Holy Spirit. They do not tell you what to believe. What you're supposed to do is be as the Bereans who are more noble than those in Thessalonica because they received the word with all readiness of mind and they searched the scriptures daily to see if these things are so. Because if you don't know Bible alone and doctrine alone, how will you be able to to discern heresy? You might be calling heresy what the Bible doesn't. You might be condemning and opposing or ignoring that which the Bible is trying to get you to pay attention to How will you know what is true if you're only allowing men and men's writings to tell you what to believe when God's over here trying to get your attention All I'm asking all I'm trying to do is get you to think Get people to think Why do you believe what you believe? Not because I told you or anyone else told you because the Bible says how do you know the bible says this and that and the other the, the the nicene creed says baptismal regeneration is biblical truth what is baptismal regeneration that water of baptism baptism by water being dunked in water forgives your sins that's what the nicene creed says that's what the council of nicaea says that's what the roman catholic council of nicaea says Because every single thing in the Council of Nicaea is accepted 100% by the Roman Catholic Church. And can you honestly tell me with a straight face that the Roman Catholic Church is the church of God and is biblical? Then how do you say the Council of Nicaea is? How can you say anything that came out of that council is? Then how come you're not questioning every single thing? Of the council of nicaea how come you're not examining it by the word of god alone why certain terms and things are off limits for study like for example examining traditionally accepted dogma of the godhead i'm just saying how do you know what is traditionally accepted is actually 100 biblical if one single verse Contradicts it then it's wrong If one single verse contradicts any opinion doctrine teaching ideology assumption then it's wrong and scripture is true You need to examine everything and nothing is off-limits Nothing is off-limits Examine everything test everything investigate everything discern everything be be paranoid because the enemy's trying to get in in some way shape or form and the only way to stay true and to stay assured is to say the bible says and if the bible says it that's what it is if the bible doesn't say it then that's not what it is if it's not in the 66 books of the bible between genesis and revelation then it's wrong if you can't quote chapter verse i don't want to hear it That's how it needs to be. That's how it has to be. Otherwise, you're on the road to error and heresy. You're on the road to accepting false doctrine and wrong ideology. I don't care about big names and catechisms and creeds and councils. I don't care about any of that. Throw it all out the window as far as I care. I only want to hear this. This cannot lie. This cannot be deceived. This cannot be led astray. This cannot be corrupted. This can cannot teach you wrong doctrine. People can. This is not fallible. People are. Go to this. Listen to this. Read this. Study this. Memorize this. This alone. Word of God over everything. Anything and everything. And any person who would try to tell you otherwise needs to go back and study their bibles they need to go back and see what does the bible actually say you need to challenge them where in the bible does it say that now can you show me from the bible alone without contradicting any single other point give me chapter verse please anytime they say any doctrine examine it be very wary of it sprinkle a little salt hold it out of arms like and, and don't accept it until you can check it with the word of god alone and see is there any single passage of scripture remotely that contradicts it you have to do that you have to do that what does bible say what does scripture say the word of god alone the church that was founded by our lord god jesus christ taught through the apostles of our lord god jesus christ codified all of our doctrines in this back then at the beginning with the apostles we got our doctrines from jesus we got our doctrines through the apostles of jesus our scriptures came from the writings of the prophets priests and kings and apostles and it was preserved and held and canonized by god Through them, not through some mystic cult council of the Roman Catholic abomination. They gave us nothing but the Inquisition. They gave us nothing but opposition. They gave us nothing but lies and heresies and twistings and misinformation and wrong doctrine and heresy. They gave they gave us the the burning stake they gave us the Colosseum. they gave us the inquisition they gave us the catholic bible they gave us the apocrypha they gave us the worship of mary and all the idols they gave us worship of dead saints they gave us baptismal regeneration they gave us the the priestly confession box they gave us purgatory they gave us all these other abominations and heresies that came from their councils why would you accept what they say When that's what they're all about. How could you say that they're right? Or they're holding truth? What is truth? What is truth? Like Pontius Pilate said, what is truth? There's only one way, one truth, one life. There's only one true word of God. There's only one true counsel. That's the counsel of Scripture. This is our counsel this is our Creed this is our catechism this is our commentary this is our everything this is our instruction the Holy Spirit speaks through this nothing else if the Spirit of God does speak through a person that person will be quoting Bible that person will be quoting Bible non contradictingly they'll be rightly dividing they'll be pairing Scripture with Scripture They'll be saying, look, the Bible says this and this and this and this and this here. Look at this. And it'll all flow together and line up. It doesn't matter what they call themselves. They call themselves prophet, apostle, pope, priest, monk, whatever. I don't care. Call themselves whatever they want. That doesn't give them any license to replace the word of God. They don't replace the Holy Spirit. Test everything test every spirit test the spirits to see if they are of god the spirit of person place thing catechism council creed whatever test the spirit of everything test everything by the word of god so to wrap this up thus saith the lord is the only authority in god's church you will be met with opposition when you take this stance. You'll be met by all kinds of people. People who claim to be your friends, your family, all these others who claim to be Christians. They'll they will label you. They'll call you names. They'll attack you. They'll twist things up. They'll try to sick people after you. They'll try to do all kinds of things. You'll lose fellowship with people. You'll lose friends. you You will suffer for standing dogmatically on the word of God why do you believe what you believe because man says so because counsel says so because the word of god says so how do you know the word of god says so how do you know for sure are any of your views any of your doctrines contradicting any single remote point of scripture if it does go back to the drawing board and at least have humility enough to say maybe i was wrong If a single verse of scripture contradicts you, don't be prideful. Don't say, well, this has been accepted as all This is what it is. You're just not reading it right. If the Bible says it clearly, if it says this here, and you're saying this here, you're wrong. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, that he may lift you up. He lifts you up through the word of God. What does scripture say? You don't need to bicker and fight and argue and name call or any of that uh, that kind of... You don't need to be derogatory. You don't need to attack people. Just gentle dogmatism. I'm sorry. No. I will not accept that. Because Bible says this. And councils, creeds, and catechisms and commentaries will never in a billion trillion years rewrite the Word of God there's no organization religion cult denomination out there that can rewrite the word of god if scripture says this let god be true and every man a liar why do you believe what you believe what is true biblical history where did we get our bibles where did we get our doctrines how does god work what will he not do Look what scripture says every cult claims to be the founder in the original church every heretic claims to hold the truth every person claims to claims to know how they believe them and know how to back up what they believe but unfortunately it's really sad not everybody knows the bible And what's really sad is that people will run to the history books, they'll run to Google, they'll run to catechisms and councils and creeds, more than they'll run to the Bible. That they'll sooner regurgitate and repeat and parrot all other resources and not scripture. That they'll reiterate accepted tradition over biblical doctrine and they'll claim that tradition is doctrine well that's the doctrine of that tradition but that's not the doctrine of god and as we see in scripture galatians 1 8 to 9 romans sixteen seventeen to 18 1st timothy 6 3 to 5 that there will be a lot of those who will come and try to preach and teach their own views they claim to be orthodox, and orthodox just means the old, traditionally accepted way—that which is the uh, which is original. Well, let's examine that. What is true orthodox then, according to the Word of God? There's a lot out there that claims to be orthodox, but it's not orthodox according to Scripture. What is true biblical orthodoxy? what it says is what it means this alone you don't need religious tradition and sacraments and eucharist protocols and all these other nonsensical things just give me chapter verse give me doctrine of god the word of god the scripture of god i made a video a few days ago, it really caught a lot of heat. Is according to the Bible, what is the biblical Godhead? In that video, I refused to use Nicene terminology because Nicene terminology is Catholic. I refused to use traditionally accepted explanations. And I only used Bible. The amount of opposition I got was quite incredible. People made up names and accusations, all kinds of things at me to try to discredit the video and everything else. But you know what was really interesting that I found through all of the opposition is that not once, not once, Did anybody attack my usage of scripture? They did not say I was misrepresenting scripture. They did not say I quoted Bible wrong. They got mad that I didn't quote Nicene terminology and language. Many pastors, multiple pastors, professors and other people got mad that I wasn't using Nicene language. And called me heretic, called me a modalist, which I'm not. Modalism is heresy. They called me every other name and said and, and, and accused me falsely and made up things and said I'm misrepresenting the faith. No, I'm not. Show me from the Bible how I am. And in this video, I wanted to, I wanted to just clearly explain why I will not. Why Christian Coffee Time, as a whole will never, ever accept the Nicene Council. Christian coffee time will never accept Roman Catholicism in any way, shape, or form. If that hurts opinions, if that causes people to get upset, if we lose friends over this, or whatever else, so be it. We do not mean to attack or name call or deride or be contentious. If that happens, we apologize. I apologize. But look, Scripture alone. Scripture alone. Show me from the Bible alone what we are to believe. Leave catechisms and councils behind. Be a student of the word of God, not a student of man. Study scripture, not councils. Use Bible language, not man's. You don't need those. What does this say? And any other explanation or phrase or terminology or language that in any way, shape, or form could misrepresent scripture or contradict any other singular scriptural point than that terminology, language, that, that word, whatever phrase is wrong. Don't use it. there's so so much contention out there and one other big thing as well that i find is really sad and this is a really big point too it's really sad is the ignorance of so many christians where what they do is they elevate a secondary doctrine to a primary level. Now, what I mean by that, a primary doctrine is a specific doctrine that affects your salvation. That if you get any of these wrong, you go to hell. That's what it means by primary. Is that it's not saying that these others are less important or any of that kind of thing. It just means it's just showing the difference, the differentiation between salvationary doctrines and non-salvationary doctrines. just what that means you could say it that way salvationary non-salvationary probably i should use that term but salvationary doctrines are those that in and of themselves affect your salvation that if you get these wrong you go to hell non-salvationary doctrines, like for example i'm gonna say it and if you disagree with me show me from the bible how i'm wrong the understanding of how exactly the godhead works now what i mean by that is it three persons or is it three natures is it one person is it three or what or explaining exactly how the godhead works is not salvationary believing that jesus is the christ the mighty god in the flesh is salvationary as jesus said that in john 8 24. don't if you do not believe that i am you'll die in your sins the scripture very clearly shows the deity of the lord god jesus christ if you don't believe that jesus god you're not saved that's salvationary but understanding exactly how the godhead works is not salvationary and people are taking the uh how the godhead works the godhead doctrines and placing them as salvationary that well well you don't believe like i do so you're not a christian that's nonsense that's absolute nonsense that's that's misrepresenting the faith and christians hating christians all because you see it differently three persons three natures three persons three characters whatever god is infinite how can a finite mind understand the infinite but what does the bible say and stop quoting council catechism Start, start quoting Bible. Start actually looking at the Bible and you see something differently. Please watch the video in the description box below. And condemning, hating, opposing, name-calling, deriding, being derogative towards another Christian, all because they see the Godhead differently in that way, is wrong. That's unchrist-like, unbiblical, ungodly. That's sinful. That's sowing discord amongst the brethren. It does not make you an unbelieving heretic to see how the Godhead works in a different way. Whether three persons, three natures, the Bible, the, the, the what does the Bible say? Some people may have not studied it out. Some people just don't know. Other people, they have their own views and reasons why, but it's not salvationary. Stop making it salvationary. If a person believes in the Lord God, Jesus Christ, by grace, through faith, through belief alone, that they're a born-again Christian, they're a brother and sister in Christ, treat them as such. Treat them as such. There are many Christians who hold differing views on many things. Show me two Christians that agree on absolutely every single thing equally, exactly the same. You'll never find it every born-again christian is a bit different than the next but we all hold to the same born-again christian doctrines of salvation of the lord god jesus christ by grace through faith through belief alone period you believe that you're a christian that's what matters but at the same time what i like to do is to say okay now why do you believe that because that's what the bible says where Why? How? Ask the where, why, how on absolutely every single point that you could possibly say, that you could possibly think of. And see, okay, what Bible verse fits that? Stop quoting councils and commentaries and catechisms. The creed, the council, the commentary, the catechism of Christian coffee time is this. You want to know what we believe read it read it open it up read it show me from the Bible show me the doctrines show me our beliefs show me our tradition show me our rituals show me all of this now all the things that we do show me our sacraments according to the Word of God if you can't you might want to examine that so again this video is not meant as a fight. It's not meant even as a debate. This is not meant as name-calling or putting down anyone. This is not meant for contention. This is not meant for any of that. If it came off in any way, shape, or form like that, then I apologize. That is not the ex- that is not the intent of this video. This video is to show the true biblical history according to the Word of God alone. What does scripture say now what does man say what do false religions say what do other misrepresentations say now what does the bible say and the um, and to show the importance of the word of god alone and as a challenge to all other believers who might come across this video to get people to think my people perish for lack of knowledge what is going to be the kickstart? of the great falling away biblical ignorance you're going to get hordes and hordes and masses and masses of people with all other views and opinions of things completely ignorant of the word of god pastors and teachers and theologians and scholars with degrees and diplomas in every way shape and form ignorant of the word of god you could be as as smart as all get out they still be dumb as a brick. Helping the word of God. You could be able to teach for hours on end and all kinds of gatherings and councils and teachings and seminars and schools, and universities. And hardly even touch the word of God. The early church, all they had was this. They had the full word of God. Was handed down, preserved by God, down through all generations. He kept the 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 prophets' writings, and ev- and after every prophet, the next one come along, his writings would be added, they'd be added. They'd be added. They'd be added. They'd be added. They'd be added all the way down through. God preserve it all the way down through until at the end we see all that God wanted to preserve was preserved, and that which He did not preserve was lost or faded away because it was not that which God chose to be preserved as Scripture. And what we have today is the completion of that great preservation work of God down through the ages. And no council of man had a hand in it. Only God's hand. It was left to us. We wouldn't even have a thing. It'd be open to personal interpretation. It'd be absolute, utter chaos. We'd look more like the Catholic Church than we do the born-again Christian faith. Tell me I'm wrong use only scripture all right <clears throat> now Bible schools they're great they can be great but there's also a great failing in the in a large portion of Bible schools not every Bible school is biblical they teach catechism counsel, and commentary they teach tradition the traditionally accepted ideology and they and they manipulate the word of God to fit those narratives so that they can say they're biblically backed but when you completely ignore those things and only take this you see they're wrong large majority of them i'm not putting down or condemning bible schools i'm just saying there is a failing in a large portion of them how to know which ones are biblical look at their doctrinal statements what they believe look at what they say is church history and look at this catholics changed the word of god they changed the truth of god into a lie since the very beginning with Constantine. Anyone who tells you otherwise is a Catholic sympathizer and has been deceived and brainwashed by Catholic propaganda. The Catholic Church is the whore of Babylon, according to the book of Revelation, and is that which the false prophet, the Antichrist, will come out of and will work with. The Catholic Church will will work at unifying a one-world religion. And we see this through ecumenicism and all the other the religions and dom- denominations watering down and becoming more and more and more friendly to the Catholic Church, accepting on some variant Catholicism in some way, shape, or form. Going back and shaking hands with in some way. The Bible condemns Catholicism outright to the full nth degree. There's nothing that they have that we accept. Nothing that they teach is biblically accurate. Look at everything they've done and said why would you want to cozy up to them why do bible schools cozy up to them why why is so many books when you look up the books on church history they're all catholic sympathizing propaganda books you can't look to the world to understand the bible you can't look to religion to understand christ you can't look to man to understand god you can only go to the word of God. So, I right, said, so I'm going to check through the comments here before we wrap this up. All right, going back to the beginning. Okay, imagine says, I asked someone this yesterday how do we know if everything else has been tempered with that the Bible has not? I will listen. So, yeah, if we take a look at scripture, we understand that God, who cannot lie, God is infinitely holy, just, righteous, and true. God said, and I'm just going to read these verses again. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 8. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. Matthew 24, verse 35. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Psalms 12, 6 to 7. The words of the Lord are pure words. as silver tried in a furnace of earth purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. Psalms 138 verse 2. I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. Psalms 138 2. How high and holy are the names of God. Thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. Think about that. Psalms 100, verse 5. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. Psalms 119 152. Concerning thy testimonies, I have known of old that thou hast founded them forever. Psalms 119 160. The word it, thy word is true from the beginning, and every one of thy righteous judgments endureth forever. Matthew 5:18. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass one jot or one tittle shall noise pass from the law to all be fulfilled. Jot and tittle. That's Yod and tittle, which is the Hebrew and the Greek. Uh, The Hebrew and the Greek manuscripts, not the Latin, not the Aramaic, not any other. The Hebrew and the Greek, according to the Hebrew, is the Old Testament, Greek is the New Testament. This will not pass away. Luke 16, 17. And it is easier for heaven and earth to pass than for one tittle of the law to fail. God said, Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. For the scriptures came not in old time by the will of men, but holy men of God spake as are moved by the Holy Ghost. The Spirit of the living God said this to them, told them what to write. As Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 16: all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. Given means Theonustos, God breathed. God spoke all the scriptures to his holy servants, told them what to write down. And he preserved it unto all generations if he didn't god's a liar god's a liar then and if god's a liar he's a devil and not god go eat drink be merry for tomorrow we die we're yet still in our sins and we're all condemned what are we doing here you see do you see how monkeying with the word of god destroys the entire christian faith saying that there are contradictions there's 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 uh errors and there's corruption in the word of god god's a liar you see that one single error in the word of god makes god a liar and to say that that our scriptures had to be figured out and counseled to come together and figure out okay what is scripture what is not is confusion that god then is the author of confusion and we didn't know what scripture was we didn't know what truth was we had to go to man to try to figure it out and it was all speculation until they could finally canonize scripture and even then we hope that it's truth. you see the error of that i hope you do we then go to the accuracy of scripture which is shown by Galatians one eight to nine. Let's look at Galatians chapter one verses eight to nine. This is an extremely, extremely, extremely serious topic that we're talking about today. Galatians one eight to nine. But though we are an angel from heaven, should preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As I said before, so say I now again. If any man preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. Then he goes on to say, If any man preach otherwise, teach otherwise, and consent not to wholesome words, even even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, withdraw from them. Let's look at Romans chapter sixteen. Romans sixteen. verses 17 to 18 now I beseech you brethren mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned and avoid them for they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ but their own belly and by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple good words and fair speeches catechisms councils creeds commentaries personal opinions views ideologies what does the Bible say so how can we know what is true what does the Bible say go to the Word of God knowing this first that this is not open to personal interpretation second Peter 1 now not everybody's gonna accept this that's your choice it's either the Word of God alone or nothing There's almost no churches to go to that don't twist it. Well, there are those that are more doctrinally sound than others. And then how can we find those that are doctrinally sound? You gotta know doctrine. You don't go by, well, I feel, I think, I believe, my opinion, my view, my ideology, my dreams, my experiences, my visions. What does scripture say? If they hold to the word of God and the word of God alone, and they're quoting scripture and scripture alone, that's probably a good sign that they're biblical but even then you take your bible study your bible like a berean search out everything they say keep a notepad take down all the points all the doctrines all the quotes and now go to the word of god if they contradict the word of god they're wrong that's what you're supposed to do a student of scripture Not because they're in the pulpit doesn't mean they're biblical the catholic church wants us to bow down yep okay I had a debate with a very educated Roman Catholic and he keeps attacking me with straw men well hey a a very educated Roman Catholic is an oxymoron that's like saying a uh, a biblically accurate cultist I'm sorry (laughs) that's they can be educated in their own beliefs but not in the Bible like I said you can be really smart but still dumb as a brick that you got to know what the Bible says. What's the doctrines of Scripture? Now they could be schooled and learned in his doctrines and his views. They, you, how do you refute them? Scripture, only quote Bible, biblical purism, biblical purism. All right going down to okay uh, molly says we always say the word is sufficient yet we look at other sources very eye opening i use commentary and creeds all the time i'm going to challenge you to stop i'm challenging you to stop just go back to the word of god have an empty notepad now on the notepad write the doctrines that you uh, you as- ascribe to subscribe to and now Search scripture alone. Do not reference other materials. Look up Bible verses. Bible verses alone. Read through the Bible. Do a solid read through, slow study, uh, uh, methodical study. Do word studies. Word studies. Look at the meanings of these things. Now, what does it say? Now, for example, uh, the series that we're working on, the Gospel of John series all we do is to sit down open this up and just read and look at each word each point each verse and we just pair verse with verse reverse reverse with verse reverse all the way through going old Testament, new testament back forward back forward all three we don't reference anything else just this bible verse alone and you wouldn't believe how eye-opening it is when you do that you always learn something new every time you see something you've never seen before you don't even need all this other stuff you just need bible all right Okay, uh, going through the comments. Do you suggest any version in particular? Well, this is where study comes in. You could disagree with me all you want, but the vast majority of modern Bible versions are are, are based on the minority text documents and have missing verses, omitted verses, omitted passages, changed context, everything and are not the full word of God now they do still contain some scripture you can still lead people to the Lord through them but they're not fully trustworthy because they have omissions and changes and and twistings change context you go back to the majority text documents which are called exact equivalents not close equivalents like the others exact equivalents like for example King James New King James and those you disagree you disagree okay but show me how I'm wrong is they're based on the majority text documents which are based on the greek and hebrew manuscripts so what the greek and hebrew says is what these say these uh, that the king james new king james is the most trustworthy version in the english speaking language you disagree disagree all right um okay so going down through the comments here Dana says the Pharisees were the religious theologians at the time and they missed the gospel that's right test the spirits against the Word of God Amen All right, and Braden says popular doesn't mean biblical Perfect point exactly all because it's accepted by the masses doesn't mean it's the true Word of God doesn't mean it's biblical doesn't mean it's doctrinal that actually which, it, which has been approved by scripture solidly, by doctrine alone, by the word of God, generally is opposed by the masses. Just going to say it. Just going to say it. All right. Wild Blue says, any recommendations on books for word studies? Well, there are. Uh, there's, there's the, for example, you can get a, a Bible that's called the Greek and Hebrew Keyword Study Bible. The Greek and Hebrew Keyword Study Bible. Now, in these, it contains the interlinear uh, uh, meanings of the, from the Greek and the Hebrew of the New Testament, Old Testament. In there, you can see the original Hebrew meanings of the words and the original Greek meanings of the words. It, it contains that in, the, in that Bible. It's excellent. Highly recommend it as a great study Bible. Another one is a Thompson Chain Reference Bible. Which is excellent. Now it does a different way of commentary, where rather than going to other sources, it, it refers back upon itself. So it'll have you know, by each verse, it'll have a list of tons of other verses to look up that re- relate and reflect upon that passage you're reading. A Thompson Chain Reference Bible. So check those out. A Greek, a Greek and Hebrew keyword study Bible, or a Thompson Chain Reference Bible. So please check those out. Okay, Zay says our Pentecostal churches biblical. No. Now they may preach the gospel from time to time. Um, some may be better, and others on maybe preaching the gospel. There will still be Christians within them, but doctrinally sound. No, because uh, what they emphasize on what they emphasize on is more of the the mystical aspects the healings and tongue speaking and they call themselves apostles which there are no more apostles they believe in modern-day prophets which there are none and all that kind of stuff And so there's a lot of issues and error within the pentecostal denomination but again if you disagree you disagree okay fine bring me your bible and show me from the bible alone how i'm wrong okay we'll just put it that way i know many will disagree i'm not meaning to offend or put down or be derogative or contentious look just show me from the bible justify your doctrines by the bible and not accepted tradition okay all right now uh, Molly has a question about open bible i'm not exactly sure what you mean by that. if you want to clarify what you mean by open bible i'm just not sure what you mean now again with all of this said again folks please i'm just asking could you please watch the video in the description box below which will take you over to the video i did a couple days ago where i show you from the word of god alone using only scripture i do a discussion on the deity of christ and the biblical godhead according to the word of god void of all nicene terminology and catholic dogma refuting the roman catholic godhead refuting modalism and refuting sabellianism please check out that video and you'll see what i mean and and i challenge you to bring your bible and show me from the bible alone how i'm wrong can you justify and invalidate traditionally accepted doctrine uh, of, of these other views using only the bible a challenge for you okay what is it it's a Bible called the open Bible um, <clears throat> I've never heard of the open Bible I'm sorry I, I can't uh, I can't really comment on that I'm sorry I don't know much about the open Bible version okay um Christopher says what are denominations you should avoid and which ones are biblical well see there I'm not gonna tell you what to do in there but rather is show you how to examine and test these things by using only the bible there are some you should avoid Uh, others uh, others are, are more unbiblical than others but what you want to do is examine is even go look up what is their statement of faith what is their doctrinal statement now what they have on paper will be completely different in the pulpit sometimes they can write all the right words on paper but then completely preach differently in the pulpit so what you want to do is you want to look at their doctrinal statement of their church. Now examine that by the Bible, and if that seems okay, then go visit and they examine everything they're saying from the pulpit. What's their tradition? What's their preaching? What's their doctrine? Now pair that with the Bible like a Berean and see if they're biblical. Now many different individual churches are different than uh, than others, even within their own denomination. So that's why you can't really you know hammer down denounce an entire thing unlike you can with many of orthodox lines like anglican you're not going to hear the gospel and they believe in a completely different gospel or methodist which is completely gone hyper liberal and more of a religious social club lutheranism believes in baptismal regeneration and some even within there believe that you could even lose your salvation which is not biblical um, Charismatic Pentecostal, again, the, many of them are different than each other but vastly the majority of them uh, focus more on experiences and healings and visions and dreams and prophets and apostles and they believe that the, that your salvation is proven by speaking in tongues which is not even in the Bible and tons of other crazy things are like those of, of their own leaders like Joyce Myers and whatnot and Joel Osteen and Kenneth Copeland who believes that Jesus went to hell and stopped being the son of God on the cross. So you got lots of issues with that. So again, you want to examine the doctrine. Jesus said you will know of the doctrine, whether they are of God or not. Okay? All right. Um, Baptist churches are usually the most biblically sound, but some still can be off. That's right. That's why you can't go by just the denominational title. uh, The denominational titles just are more of kind of a, a loose guide should try to help you because you know roughly what they're about uh, from others. And that you go, then you go and now examine what's coming out of the pulpit. Some are good, some are not. So I, that's why you can't just put down entire movements unless you know that the entire movement is unbiblical. Like Anglican or Orthodox or whatever. Okay. Okay, what is modalism? Modes. Uh, now, modes. Modal modalism okay so what this teaching is modalism is the belief that god is one person who shows us up by three natures however these three natures of god cannot exist simultaneously only one can exist at a time so with that is that they limit god's ability god can only show himself as one part at a time like god putting on a different hat for different offices that's ridiculous. That's not what the Bible says. Modalism's heresy. And Sabellianism is saying that the father and the son are of one substance, that the father is the son. The son is the father. That's not biblical either. That's Sabellianism. So, yeah. So, again, look these up. And so, you now, what does the Bible say? Can you prove or disprove it by using scripture alone? And it doesn't matter if it's a commonly accepted tradition or not. It's irrelevant. What does the Bible say? So there you go. All right. So with that, then we're going to wrap it up there. So I hope that this video has been eye-opening. I hope this has been challenging and I, and if you're just catching in if you haven't seen the whole thing please re-watch this whole video from the beginning and you'll see the whole point that i'm trying to make here and again please understand i'm not meaning to be contentious or attacking or derogatory or any name calling that kind of thing i'm just saying look this is what it is this is what real biblical church history is this is where our doctrines came from this is how our bible came to be this is what we believe this is what the, what we're supposed to be about that's what this is about so I, I challenge you to examine yourself and your doctrines. Why do you believe what you believe? Can you prove it from the Bible alone, all alone, scripture alone, sola scriptura? If you can't, you need to learn how. So there you go. With that then, we're going to wrap that up. I hope this has been a help and a blessing. I hope that this has been an encouragement to you. So God bless all those who love our Lord God, Jesus Christ. God bless all those who love his holy word. I hope to see you again, folks. And as always, if I don't see you again, I'll see you in the sky. God bless.